Our reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting from verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Unity and diversity in the body. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Thanks, Tyson. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm a tad over five foot one, but still not, still slightly vir- virtually, vir- vertically challenged. There we go. That's better. Great. We're doing a sermon series on our values as a church, um, and uh, uh, the Part of the values that we're doing at the moment is what we've called the up, in, and out. Um, up, our r- upward relationship with God. Uh, out, how we relate out into the world. And in, how we relate together. And we've separated the in element to um, last week. It was in me, about our own personal walk of discipleship, our own uh, transformation journey of transformation and this week we're doing in uh, us in us together as a community Um, so in us what do I mean by that well it strikes at the very issue of what the church is let me try to define this by saying what the church is not because I think uh, that will help us to see what the church is. What is the church not? Well, the church, first of all, is not a building. 
uh, it's uh, the people. We can all agree on that, can't we? It's not a building, it's the people. Um, actually, it's quite a tricky one because in the Church of England, churches are defined as buildings. Um, and, um, uh, but it's a mistake. It's a mistake. Uh, this is a building, but it's not a church. This place that we meet is not a church. Um, we are the church. First 300 years of church history, the church had no buildings whatsoever for 300 years. They met mainly in homes. Some of the larger homes were adapted for the purposes of having a meeting room, for sure, they, they did have that. But this was a house church movement for 300 years. And it was a period of church history which was the most vibrant and fast-growing, possibly of all uh, periods. And yet they had no buildings, zero, no buildings for 300 years. We've got, we've got a building, but that building is not the church. But... It, this is a problem for us because we have all sorts of phrases that say the opposite. We say things like, we're going to church. What, what do we mean by that? Um, we say, you know, where is your church? Uh, we might say, well, our church is a, is a pretty church. It's a beautiful church. You know, incidentally, St. Barnabas is a beautiful church. Look at you. Look at you. This is an ugly building, but you are beautiful. You see, it's very, very deeply embedded in our culture. that The church is, is synonymous with a building. Uh, and that's why we have to be very explicit and say that the church is not a building. It's the people. Secondly, the church is not an institution. It's a family. Now, this one is possibly even more difficult to get our heads around because the world wants us to be an institution. Uh, this uh, came to me in full force when we applied for planning permission for converting uh, this building. Um, and we had to jump through all sorts of institutional hoops uh, to get our planning permission. How many people are going to come to your services? Well, I mean, my stock answer to that is everyone who turns up. Uh, but th that kind of wouldn't wash with the planners. Um, what are you going to do for Christmas? I mean, if you asked a family, if the government asks your family... What are you going to do for Christmas? You might say, well, we're going to eat turkey, but it's none of your business. So make no mistake, the powers and authorities are trying to squeeze us into a kind of institutional mold. Uh, they, they actually think we are an institution. They cannot cope with the idea of us not being an institution. And, they, and as a result, they say, you know, you must do this. You must have policies on this. You mustn't do any of those types of things in your building. Um, now, we have to go along with this, of course. 
And indeed, many of these institutional strictures are actually really good for us uh, when they're used well. GDPR, safeguarding, health and safety, insurance, charitable compliance. These are all really good things when they're used well. Um, and uh, we benefit from robust formations, but they m have the danger of tending to make us forget what is at our real heart, that when we're not an institution, we're a family. Okay, the church is not a society, it's a community. Now, so often the church is seen as a provider of services in all senses of the word. Sometimes people come up to me and say, why doesn't the church do something about such and such? What are they saying? I guess what they're saying is that we've, I view the church as an organization with professional staff of clergy and pastors, people like Lauren, who um, uh, deliver um, services, they deliver a product, uh, and that our giving is a kind of subscription to a club or society, and that we want certain facilities to be offered in return. Why doesn't the church do something about such and such? The language is all about the church being a society, or possibly worse, a private club. But we're not a society or a private club. We are a community. So the next time that you come to me and say, why doesn't the church do something about such and such? I will say to you, well, you're the church. You go do it. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it is, a bit, it is a bit harsh, but it makes a point, doesn't it? Okay. Church is not a society, it's a community. Fourthly, the church is not just a Sunday meeting, it's life. Um, we all will uh, uh, leave here at the end of the service, but when we leave here, we do not stop being St. Barnabas. Uh, right now, we are St. Barnabas gathered and then we will be St. Barnabas dispersed, being salt and light out in our neighborhoods, families, places of work. Um, we are 24-7 church. Um, so we're not just a, uh, a this meeting on a Sunday. Uh, St. Barnabas is life. So here we have it, a definition by what the church is not. People, family, community, life. I quite like that. I quite like that. Uh, St. Barnabas is us. Say to your neighbor, I am St. Barnabas.
That feels good, doesn't it? Let's look at the Bible's definition, which Tosin so kindly read for us. Um, the Bible uses four metaphors, four principal metaphors. There are various other ones as well, but the main ones are these four uh, to describe what the church is. A bride, a temple, a family, a body. Bride, something beautiful for Jesus. Uh, we are not the bride of Christ on our own as individuals. Um, we're, we're the bride of Christ together. Every advance in my life towards becoming more Christ-like, you know, having more degree of holiness and righteousness in my own life, every advance has been done with others. Not on my own. We're the bride of Christ. Secondly, we're the temple, uh, a dwelling place for God. We often talk about our bodies, meaning individual bodies, being the temple of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Um, but that can be very individualistic. Uh, each on our own, with our own little relationship with God, off perhaps somewhere on our own without any relationship to anybody else. Oh, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's true, but the most potent place for the dwelling of the Holy Spirit is not me, it is us. It is not my body, it is the body. You can do it on your own, but it won't be half as good. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we're family. Um, there's a thing that goes on in families, good families, that uh, you very, only very rarely see outside of families. And that is the thing of unconditional love. You see it in families, don't you? Not every family, admittedly. But in good families, you see that unconditional love, mother to child, child to parent, sibling to sibling. They'll always be there for one another in good families, that unconditional love. There's a saying, blood is thicker than water. Have you heard that saying? But it means that the blood bond of a family is a stronger bond than the water bond of baptism in the church. And I think the New Testament disagrees with that. We can be thick together. We can have that close bond of a family together even though we're not necessarily a biological family. The final metaphor uh, in uh, this uh, little survey is the metaphor that uh, was in the passage in 1 Corinthians 12 that Tosin read to us. Um, and it's the most common way in the New Testament that uh, the church is described. It's described as a body. And it's a picture 
of interdependence. Uh, It's not independence, each off doing his own thing. And it's not dependence, where one person is looked after by others. It's interdependence, where we're all connected, all looking after each other. If you are being looked after then you are also looking after others. If one part hurts, it all hurts. If one part rejoices, all rejoices. So, as in our passage, it says, and and we get this sometimes, uh, we get a hand coming and saying, "Um, I don't think I belong to the body. Well, the hand saying it doesn't belong to the body doesn't stop it belonging to the body because my hand is connected to my body as is yours. And if my hand becomes disconnected from my body through uh, some dreadful accident, it's not a good thing and the hand becomes pretty useless. Um. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. You see, it's interdependence. We all belong together. It's a powerful image, actually. Now, I don't know whether you've noticed, um, but life is messy. (laughs) I mean, we're all a work in progress, aren't we? Um... Some of us have been Christians for decades, and the Lord has worked on our hearts, um, but we're still messy. We're We're still pretty messy. We may not be quite as bad as we were decades ago, but we're still a bit of a mess. And others of us are on the very beginnings of our journey with the Lord. Um, And we haven't got everything worked out yet. It's messy. But... In a body, we bear with one another, we look after one another, we care for the weaker members, uh, for those who are just beginning their journeys, or those who haven't managed to tame some of their wild tendencies, or those who have had such pain and trauma in their backgrounds that they don't feel like they've made a lot of progress. And we bear with one another and we care for one another, and that's okay because life is messy, and that's what a body does. In the New Testament, there are 50, in 50-5-0, one another sayings. Wash one another's feet, love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another, live in harmony with one another, stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another, greet one another with a holy kiss, agree with one another, encourage one another, serve one another, be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, songs and, uh, and songs from the Spirit, submit to one another, bear with one another, Teach and admonish one another. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Do not slander one another. Be like-minded, sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Offer hospitality 
to one another. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Have fellowship with one another. There is a lot of one another stuff going on in the New Testament. And the top three, who can give me the top? The top of the one another charts in the New Testament. Love one another comes in at number one with 14 occasions. Secondly, and we should know this one at St. Barnabas, is encourage one another because Barnabas was the son of encouragement. We are the encouragement church. Encourage one another. Third, is kiss one another. We have to be a bit careful with that one, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's good in the right context, but we're just, just a, a, a deal of caution there, please. <laughs> uh, how do we sensibly put this into practice? Do you remember when I was going through what the church is not at the beginning? I said the church is not just a Sunday meeting, it's life. St. B's is 24-7 church. This week we have 24-7 prayer. Up in the prayer chapel is where our main base is, but people will be praying all over as well, I'm sure. Uh, And I'd encourage you to join in on that. But every week at St. Barnabas, it's 24-7 church. Um. I think it takes a. I think if we can take this on board, this kind of paradigm shift of being 24 7 church, if I start thinking that when I'm at home or when I'm at work or when I'm out doing leisure activities or when I'm on holiday, I am some bees then I think I will want to link in to the community that is St. Bees. I want to um, be, be linking in with the wonderful bride, the temple, the family, the body, the people, the community, the, the life. I will want to make friends. I will want to have prayer partners, join a two to four group. I will want to get mentored I want to join with others, do life together, do the kind of one another stuff. Are you getting this? How can we make this happen? How can we enable this uh, interaction, these relationships to uh, blossom in all directions everywhere In our church, St. Barnabas. (laughs) Now, one thing I I should say uh, is that we are not an a la carte uh, church. We are a buffet church. Let me explain what I mean. You know, if you go to a restaurant, if you go to Maidenez or one of those restaurants, and you get the a la carte menu, and you just sit there, don't you? And the waiter comes to you and says, what will it be today, sir? Uh, and you, you, you say, and then they go away, and they bring you the food. Maybe it's a very smart restaurant. They s- silver service the food onto your plate, you know, and you'll just sit there. You just sit there and receive it. 
we're, we're not, not an a la carte church. I'm sure there are churches like that. It's just not some bees. We're a buffet church um, where there's loads on offer, but you come and help yourself. Oh, it's a, yes, it's an all-you-can-eat church. All-you-can-eat church. Um, so it's going to require a response from you. If you sit at your table waking, waiting for the a la carte service, it's, it's, not really, it's not likely to come. And you'll be thinking, well, not much happening at this church. So, hmm. uh, No, it's a buffet church. You have to get up off your butt. And get over to the buffet, the all-you-can-eat. It's wonderful. Let me mention uh, one way. There are lots of ways that you can engage. Um, uh, you, you know, you can come to the brunch next Sunday. That's a way you can engage. You can get to know people. You can link into the bride of Christ, the family of God. The temple of the Holy Spirit is shifting over to maidenhouse. The Holy Spirit's going to be in there. <laughs> um, or you can go to a two to four group, you know, get a couple of mates from the church, accountability prayer partners. You can join one of the teams, the wonderful hospitality team or connect team or youth team, kids team. Link in with them, make friends, do life together. But one of the chief ways that we are really wanting to promote at the moment uh, because it's a bit of a new initiative for us and we think it's going to bear enormous fruit in our lives is life groups. Um, And uh, how can you join a life group? Well, uh, the hospitality team is going to come round with um, forms. You got them last week. You can get them again this week. If you want a form, just raise your hand. You can go on the website. So here's the website. Uh, the, uh, the life group section of the website. There's even a map. You can see where the life groups meet. And then there is a, a, a list of the life groups. There are only about 10 or 12 of them at the moment. Um, but uh, there's a new one starting every couple of weeks, uh, uh, roughly. So um, they're bubbling up all over the place. And on the website, there's even a, a, a sign-up button. You can actually click on a button... And connect in with someone and get an invite and get a phone number or something uh, and uh, email exchange and uh, link in with a life group leader, get, get uh, details of where they're meeting, come along and make friends. So the webs- website's actually quite interactive uh, and worth going on. Alternatively, you can fill out a, a paper form coming around at the moment um, uh, uh, there are, I think, 12 life groups listed on the form. You can tick one of those that suits your time uh, during the week where you can meet uh, or uh, tick, a, tick as many as you like. Um, and there will be more uh, coming along as well. This is a key strategy for us. It's not the only strategy, but it is a key strategy for us because we are wanting the church to be the church. Not a building, not a society, not an organization, a people, a family. 
life. And that's us. That's us. Uh, there should not be anyone isolated in the church. You remember when God made Adam what he said? It's not good for the man to be on his own. We're not meant to do life on our own. We're meant to do it together. And that's why we exist. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for St. Barnabas. This amazing church, beautiful church. The, the vessel of the Holy Spirit. I thank you so much for this church. What a privilege it is for us to be part of this together. And for those who feel that they're just a little bit on the fringes. Lord, I pray that you would enable us to gather all together, to draw people in, that there would be no one isolated. 